When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the Solid Verbal. The Solid Verbal. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! I've heard so many players say, well, I want to be happy. You want to be happy for a day? Eat a steak. It's that woo-woo! And now, Dan and Ty. Welcome back to the Solid Verbal, boys and girls. My name is Ty Hildebrandt. I am joined, as always, by my good friend, colleague, and co-host of many years. He's a monster who prefers yellow starburst, but we'll let it slide. Dan, how are you? I'm good, Ty. I just have but a single question to start the show. Mm. And it's a question that I'm, I'm asking you for a promise. Yeah. I'm asking you as you know somebody who we've co-hosted the show together for many years. Many years, just, like a decade now. I, I want this commitment from you. Hmm. If, excuse me, when Stop Penn it. State Stop and it. Notre Dame end up in the playoff, pitted against each other, be it in the semis or the national championship. <sighs> yeah. If, nay, when this happens, will you promise on this show to wear the AJ Hawk split? <laughs> Will you split the T? Will you split the T? The Brady oh, Quinn. Oh no, the Laura Quinn. The, will you do the Laura Quinn for me? I might have to. Yes. I don't know what I'd do. <laughs> the Laura. I'm not Quinn. asking you who you'd root for. That's something you're gonna have to figure out at the time for yourself. I don't think you're ready to answer that question. I need to go sit Indian style on a mountaintop and figure that one out. Right. Since we know this is happening, though, um, I'm excited for this Laura Quinn situation. Well, thank you. I'm glad. And welcome to everyone <laughs> who's joining us here on the show. We have many new listeners who join and listen for the first time each and every week. Thank you for that. You can find us at SolidRebel.com, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. 
We're also out there on Reddit. The subreddit is reddit.com slash r slash solid verbal. It's growing like a wildfire. Mm. And you can, of course, go out to our website and sign up for our newsletter, which we didn't set out last week because we were taking a bye week, but we're going to jump back in before week nine, Dan. Mm-hmm. How do you enjoy week eight? Week eight was, okay, in terms of the drama, in terms of thing things altering the landscape, it was pretty good. In terms of me personally, it may have been my favorite week of the season. <laughs> Didn't have to stay up late to watch a bad Oregon team or an awesome late game that probably shouldn't have been late because there were two good teams playing. Didn't have to stay up late. We got definitive performances that that answered a number of questions, even though there wasn't a ton of drama throughout the day. And, you know, Oklahoma, Kansas State, there were games that, that came down to the wire. Texas, Oklahoma state um northwestern iowa obviously big huge big 10 west matchup going ot at 10 all but it just it, i ate well i hung out with great people i got to sleep at a reasonable hour ty it was a great great saturday dan i ran a 5k very slowly but the weather was nice and okay. i got to do a video earlier today from the old bethlehem steel plant here in the lehigh valley which is a cool backdrop to talk about college football it's monolithic the people demanded it yeah the people demanded it just this big monolithic industrial scene behind me mm-hmm. on that note we got a bunch of calls let's kick things off the way we always do we call it the reverb line at 408 verbal one hundreds of calls came in here are the ones that made the cut have a listen i'm watching penn state run up the score against michigan I think Harbaugh's going to need another recruiting sleepover to get over this one. Hey, Ryan in Wisconsin here calling in. Long-time ver-baller, first-time ver-caller. Hi, this is Lulu from Chicago. Dan, Ty, this is Chris leaving the uh, stadium in Piscataway. Hey, this is Amanda from Pittsburgh. This is Jim calling in from London. Harbaugh was so upset about being third place in the Big Ten East that he decided to do something about it. And they're going for fourth place this year. Go Penn State! I've been up for 24 hours and and barely talk. I just got done driving back from State College. I can say this. Guess who just got murdered? Also, I have to point out, Penn State is looking unbelievably amazing. They're definitely the Big Ten team to beat. My Buckeyes meet them next week, and I certainly hope the best for the Buckeyes, because I'll tell you, Penn State definitely looks like they're running on all cylinders. Is all of Ty's jinxing power for Notre Dame transferred to the window of opportunity? It's 10.30 at night. There's 12 and a half minutes to go in a game, and USC is getting murdered. Leaving Notre Dame, USC. Somebody just got murdered. Please do me a favor and give us Irish some love and give us a guess who just got murdered. Guess who just got murdered. Go Irish. So the Pac-12 wanted more primetime attention, but I do not think they wanted to watch Notre Dame embarrass USC. Wake up the echoes. Go Irish. There's no more fuel left to pump into that USC hype train. Am I severely buzzed or did Notre Dame just run for 370 plus yards and three quarters on USC? Is it possible to combine the USC hype train and the boat race into one sound now? Seems relevant. Hi, I'm Richard. I'm five years old. Go Irish. Hey, 
Dan. And Ty. This is Lori. And Guy. Two Domer friends. Celebrating our one-year swing anniversary. By watching Notre Dame Flash at the Trojans. We, we are back. Nothing says waking up at noon with a hangover like an Iowa Northwestern slog. You mail me some more alcohol because I'm out and I can't drive. If you're Indiana's one true team, the Purdue Boilermakers, and you want to make sure that no one tries to seal your coach, a good way to do it is to lose to Rutgers. Rutgers is the birthplace of college football. That game between Rutgers and Purdue is one ugly baby. Well, it looks like the NCAA didn't decide to put any penalties on UNC. So it was up to Justin Fuente to give them that one-year ball there. No Hokies. So we all know Kansas sucks, but giving up only 30 yards is pretty good, right? Two games in a row with no touchdowns? I'll take it. Go Frogs. And I'm just starting to wonder, is Syracuse secretly not garbage? They only lost to Miami by eight. You know the best part about crockpotting Tennessee? Gives you plenty of time to smoke your cigars. Can we get a dude alert for the entire Army two-minute drill offense after that last-second win over Pennsylvania's one true team, the Temple Owls? Well, time to go drink some antifreeze. Bye. Hi, this is Ben from Neighbor... No, no, Grandpa! No, that's not the station number. That's the score of the game. No, Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame. They killed them. All right, there you have it. Lively as always, Daniel. Oh, yeah. I like the fire. Always bringing the fire here. Big thanks again to our good friend and production assistant, Taylor, who jumps in every Sunday morning, bright and early, and cuts those for us. Let's start with Michigan and Penn State, shall we? I think that's a great idea, Ty. A very, very cool scene in State College because the whole town was participating in the whiteout. Game day Mm -hmm. was in town. A huge recruiting weekend. I don't have the number but like everyone who might be interested in Penn State for the next three years was in attendance for this football game. As they should have been. And yeah, sure. It was a uh, huge electric scene in State College and Penn State does the damage. They win 42 to 13, Dan. Outside of an early interception thrown by Trace McSorley where he got his wires crossed with Hans Gusecki. Mm-hmm. This one was all Nittany Lions. All Nittany Lions. We talked about it on the show on Wednesday. Michigan's only shot was to muddy it up with their defense and then try to grind it out on offense as best they could, presumably on the ground, right? Totally true. And hey, welcome back, Mike Gusecki. Slow start to the Big Ten season, but he had a couple of big catches. But I think the story, more than anything, was the creativity of the Penn State offense and Trace McSorley having the best game of his season versus the best defense that he's faced. So a gamer in that way. And Deshaun Hamilton was wonderful. And there was nothing to complain about at all. I mean, if you are if you want to talk about Penn State, it's all compliments. It's Brent Pry's defense was wonderful. It was, you know, the defensive line was great in sort of holding up against Michigan on the ground. It was... You know, Saquon Barkley, which Game Genie, yes? Yeah, Game Genie. No way, because we got Game Genie. No problem. I had my finger on the button, just wait and hit it. <laughs> um, here's what was interesting to me from a, a broader scope. Other than, God, it was awful watching Michigan's offense. Just watching a stubborn offense is about the least fun thing you can do in, in sort of college football entertainment. Real quick, the problem yeah. for Michigan was that they needed that game plan. That was their only shot to win this game. Stop Penn State 
just collectively with their defense and then mm-hmm. find a way to grind it out, muddy it up enough on both sides of the ball that you can win a close one. That went out the window on the second play when Saquon broke a 69-yard touchdown and then again on the next drive when he scored a 15-yard touchdown. They were down 14 to nothing before a lot of people even tuned into this game, having to readjust their game plan so quickly did not work in their favor. No, not at all. And Michigan still going with that sort of power look and getting not a ton on first down. Forcing John O'Corn into passing situations is brilliant from any team, and Penn State executed that super well. And I thought Michigan did a pretty good job. The interception, they drove down again. They, they cut it to what, like 14-13 on the yeah. extra point? And it seemed like, all right, Michigan's going to go back and forth a little bit. They're going to be led by their defense, maybe force a couple more turnovers. And the second half was just, it wasn't even Penn State doing anything super creative. They just executed perfectly. Do you see the Trace McSorley quote about, we just called the same play nine or ten times. (laughs) And he was like, I've never played defense, but it must be pretty devastating to play defense when you just can't stop a simple play ten straight plays. I played intramural football for a span up at Penn State. And I remember, not tackle football, mind you, though I am a hulking brute. This mm-hmm. was flag football. And we played against a team once that, you know, they weren't the biggest, they weren't the fastest guys, but they knew how to run the triple option in flag mm-hmm. football. And we had no idea how to stop this play. They killed us. And they ran yeah. the same play every time. <laughs> it was maddening. Best. And on that same note, this is what I was going to mention before, that I noticed in this game, but it's the same of every single game broadcast. What what happened when Michigan starts tightening up on defense? Kirk Herbstreit, very good, says something like, "This is what this Don Brown defense is going to do. They're going to slant at you. They're going to confuse you. They're going to be aggressive. You can see that they're, you know, confusing Trace McSorley. They're, you know, whatever the case may be." And then in the second half, when the Don Brown defense didn't quite adjust and Saquon Barkley kept getting matched up against, I think it was Mike McCray hmm. for uh, for Michigan, all of a sudden it was Michigan defense is really struggling. <laughs> defensive line's getting pushed around. It's not the Don Brown defense when they're bad. It's only the Don Brown defense when they're good. And that's across college football. Coordinators get the credit with players when things are going well. And then like, ooh, this, this secondary is getting burned. <laughs> that's all it is. It's great. At one point, about midway through the third quarter, it felt like there were more commercials for the good doctor than Michigan points. There's so many. Or prospected Michigan points. There are... That... I, I don't want to I don't want to watch any show that gets a ton of commercials, and the good doctor will never get a, a watch from me. I feel like I know him personally at this point. Anyway, okay. Mm-hmm. 42 to 13, your final score. People are going to look at this final score, and they're going to say, Wow! 42 points, Michigan, what an what an offense by Penn State. Don't forget about their defense. Yes. They sacked John O'Corn seven times. They shut out Michigan in the second half. Not to say Michigan is this offensive juggernaut, mind you, but still a really solid effort, really good execution. Penn State has now outscored opponents 90-0 to zero in the first quarters of their games. They're the only FBS team that has not allowed a first quarter, first quarter point. Excuse me. And, of course, they've got a big one on the road next week in Columbus, which I'm sure we will discuss deeply, comprehensively, emotionally on our Wednesday Week 9 preview podcast. Suffice to say, they are setting the table up, both of the, both of the schools are really, for next weekend in Columbus, are they not? Yes. Cannot wait. Also, in the nightcap. Guess who just got murdered? Dan, somebody asked us on Twitter if the Notre Dame version of a crock potting would be considered a cabbage boil. 
I think so. Whatever you want to call it, 49-14, Notre Dame demolishes USC. Mm-hmm. How much of this game did you have the privilege, the fine privilege of watching, Dan? <laughs> I watched pretty much this entire game. I, I paid less attention to it when it got to get crazy out of hand, but I watched a, a good chunk. I was impressed with a ton, but I, I turned the floor over to you, Ty. What really struck me, and maybe I'm biased, I need you to tell me if I'm biased here, what really struck me is that there were only a handful of points in this game very early on where it felt sort of close. And they were all within like the first quarter and a half. Outside that, Notre Dame just straight up killed them. Hand it to uh, to Clay Helton's USC squad. When they're out of a game, they're out of it quickly. <laughs> <laughs> they're out of it decisively. <laughs> They're not messing around. Yeah. No. Look, Notre Dame was better along both lines. They were more careful with the football. They seem to have a better game plan. Healthier. Healthier. Yeah. Across the board, Notre Dame was was far and away the better team. I think in earnest now, this is the start of Notre Dame's playoff push because the schedule they have over the next five weeks is brutal. They play a lot of top quality opponents, bowl opponents. If they are somehow able to emerge like miners from a cave. <laughs> Good reference. Thank guy. you. Undefeated after this stretch, I, I think they're going to have a pretty strong case. They do it with offense, particularly on the ground. And it is this point where we need to throw in Josh Adams' name as a potential Heisman candidate. Okay. It's a really good running back here. It's un- unfortunate that you know Josh Adams is... Completely exploding. He averaged 10 yards per carry, I believe, last night. 19 carries, 191 yards, three touchdowns. Got to throw it out there for my boy, yeah. Solo dude alert. Um, Yes, it was all Notre Dame and all Notre Dame quickly. I think Ronald Jones had a longer run, like an 18 or 20-yard run early, and finished with 32 yards. Yeah. That's the kind of night it was for the USC offense. Sam Darnold had... A couple of turnovers. He had a fumble and a pick pretty early on, and it was a bad pick staring down the receiver. And Notre Dame, as very good teams do, took advantage of USC mistakes early. Can I and can I ask a question? Please. What is USC's game plan? In any given game, what is what is their game plan beyond hut hut hike? Look for Deontay Burnett. If he's not open, huh? Wing it. I, I sort of think that's it. Whoever the first option receiving is, that's it. And then Sam Darnold rolls out and improvises. And there's a lot of good that can come from that. But, you know, with a wounded offensive line, which they still have more offensive line depth than pretty much everybody, USC has struggled to string together drives and be on the same page. They've been undisciplined. It's USC is only okay. They're only pretty good at their best right now. And... That's something we talked about last week and that USC fans and everybody else should make peace with because Notre Dame's really good. Notre Dame is really well coached. These two coordinator hires were very good, especially Mike Elko on defense. And Notre Dame seems to be self-aware. Brandon Wimbush, for every amazing throw he has, has some questionable moments, but he was still outstanding because of what he was able to do on the ground in addition to what he was able to do through the air. Notre Dame's really good. On the point of Wimbush... It's taken me a while. I know. To warm to him as the starting quarterback. You were totally out like three weeks ago. And I needed a reality check. That reality check is that he's still a new starting quarterback. He's still young. He's still trying to figure these things out. That's fine. But what I like from him, you look at the stat line 
9 of 19 passing, not blowing the doors off with his passing statistics or anything like that. This is clearly a power rushing team. That is what Mm -hmm. Notre Dame is in 2017. But what I liked from Wimbush as it relates to his passing game is he looks like he's getting progressively more comfortable in the pocket. If you take it back to week two against Georgia, granted, Georgia's got one of the best defenses in the nation, but he just did not look confident at all. We saw flashes in the Michigan State game early on where he looked like Joe Montana back there, just seemed to have a better sense for where he was, what he was doing, who he was Mm -hmm. looking for, seemed a little bit more comfortable. In the USC game, perhaps because he got a lot of time from his offensive line, maybe just because he's growing more comfortable with the offense. I don't know. He seemed to have a better command of this offense, and that's what they're going to need now. Leadership, command, confidence in the huddle as they play some of these tougher opponents. So I'm encouraged. And when you have Josh Adams putting the damn fear of life into every defense. Well, that too. Yeah, that helps. You should improve as a passer, right? You should. That, you know, yeah, that you'll, you'll see wider lanes for your receivers, and I think he will continue to improve. Um, yeah, I have. I really have no complaints because the only numbers that really matter to me as a, you know, with, a, with a younger quarterback are you converting first downs and keeping drives going? Yes, Notre Dame, 7 of 13 on third downs. Are you turning the ball over? No! Zero picks, zero turnovers for the Irish. Life is good, Ty. Accept it. And oh, by the way, Pac-12 after dark next week Mm -hmm. frames USC against a resurgent Arizona State. Ooh, buddy. That game could easily be a loss. Just saying. Laura Quinn. Laura Quinn. Laura Quinn. Moving on. Let's go to Oklahoma and K-State. Yeah. 42 to 35 was your final score. Oklahoma pulled this one out. We should have known not to doubt the home dog. We should have known it. Ty, I let down spot after Oklahoma beats Texas in a a semi close game, going to Kansas State, home dog. In our defense, there was not a ton to like about K State and Alex Delton coming into this game. Mm -mm. And I think you ended up going, you you ended up taking the points, right? I don't even remember what I went with. I I don't remember. But. Alex Delton was way more accurate. Kansas State came out guns blazing against Oklahoma. They were so good out of the shoot. I think, did they score on their first three drives? Something like that. Something crazy. Right out of the gate, they were scoring. So it was an incredible sight to see, to behold from Kansas State in the first half. And then nothing. And then the second half, really, I don't think they scored in the third quarter. And they eventually got things together later on in the game. And I think. Oklahoma needed all of the 60 minutes or 59 minutes and 53 seconds to to win this game. But uh, Kansas State, a nice showing, improved. I, I thought the secondary did a pretty good job, even with uh, Baker Mayfield getting his. Kansas State's taken a step forward. It's too bad they didn't finish it out. Because honestly, Ty, seven out of ten times, this is the game that Bill Snyder gets somebody, right? Here's the thing. Like, a week ago... K-State scored six points against TCU. Yes. And Alex Delton was a total disaster. Mm -hmm. This week, he has only two incompletions and four total touchdowns. Now, he's going to get better the more he plays. That's just a function of normal quarterback progression. But from one week to another, in that short a span, there's no way he's getting that much better. This is a problem for Oklahoma. It's a larger problem about their defense. If I said it once, I'll say it a hundred more times. This team and how far it goes, its ceiling is ultimately dictated by its defense. This is not a good defense. 
They're better than no. a lot of others in the Big 12, but this is not a good defense. And look at who they got in the schedule. Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, TCU, West Virginia, all still on the schedule. Oklahoma's going to drop one of those games. They might drop two. Yeah. They really might. This is a problem for them when they play a really good offense, and they got a bunch on the schedule still. Baker Mayfield, he's going to throw for 300 yards. They're going to score 30 points a game, undeniably. But they're going to drop one of these games because their defense can't hold an opponent down. So Oklahoma in Big 12 play. Yards per play. And there are more detailed metrics, I know. Oklahoma's currently 7th with West Virginia, Kansas, and Baylor behind them. Yeah. Not ideal for a playoff contender. Just saying. Yeah. There's some artillery on that schedule still. 42-35. to It'll go down as a gritty road win and good for them. Still alive in the playoff hunt. Still alive in the Big 12 chase. But, man, got to tighten things up on D. Otherwise, it's going to be an issue. And it's also important to remember with when Lincoln Riley took over, which was early June, because I think I was on my honeymoon Yeah, I started texting you, which, God, I'm a bad person. <laughs> um, he has not had time to put, I mean, he hired Ruffin McNeil, but this isn't his staff. This isn't necessarily his defensive vision. He rolled in for the sake of continuity. So I would expect things to, even if they don't get better, be different next year. Staying in the Big 12, Oklahoma State 13, Texas 10. This one went to overtime, Dan. Oh, which one of, ending. Which one of the 20 total punts in this game was your favorite? First of all, any of them by the Texas punter, who was ridiculous and is a star, not just for Texas, is a college football star. So that that is that is who that is my favorite punt. I think Texas is leading the nation in average punting distance. Ty, it's important to get it where you can. Michael Dixon, love it. Any of his. Well, the one true star of this game, beyond the punting game, I thought was the Texas defense, which clearly played its best game of the year against, against one of the best offenses in the country. I think we'd all agree on that point. It's a shame that they can't get over the hump. They've been in how many close games now? where they just can't get there, can't get the job done when it counts. Mm -hmm. Sooner or later, they're going to win one of these. And I think if you're a TCU fan, you look at Texas, they're getting a little bigger in the window. Two weeks from now, that could be a game where they finally get the job done. Because it seems like they play up to their competition. They don't have any difficulty staying in these games against teams that we think are supposed to be better than them. They're just Mm -hmm. falling a little bit or a play short every time. Yeah, it was... Unusual to see this game come down to strictly defense, but yeah, Texas was so good. It, it looked like in, in rewatching some of the stuff, Texas was in their dime a lot, but still shutting down Oklahoma State on the ground. Holton Hill did an unbelievable job against uh, Junkyard Jim Washington, held him to, I think, 30 yards or something just yeah. astronomically low for him. So yeah, I think your question is is correct. It's when are they breaking through? It's still a first-year coach, a first-year coaching staff, and it's going to take time. But when you have the offensive skill pieces that Texas has, especially at receiver, and the promise of Sam Ellinger, who was pretty good, and that, I mean, all things considered in a defensive battle, that throw at the end was... was he? Do you think he was trying to throw it out of the end zone, or do you think he was <sighs> I have no anticipating... Idea. Somebody slipping behind. That was a lollipop, though. It did not end well. (laughs) It was three yards deep into the end zone. Yeah. It was, I, there are, there are brutal ways to lose. 
that is that's got to be near the top. He's young, but the good news is that I think between Tom Herman and Todd Orlando and what they're doing on defense, the skill position talent, and now Sam Ellinger, I think they have a good fit. Yeah, for that program moving forward, I feel very confident. Yeah, I think offensively they're going to need to figure out exactly what they are are looking to do and how to get the run game involved more. But I I, I am somewhat confident they'll get there within the next year. Also, a good fit is proper cloth, Dan. Yes, finding a dress shirt that fits you perfectly can be hard because something's always off. But now, with our good friends over at Proper Cloth, you can order a custom fit shirt, custom made just for you. I'll be wearing mine at the wedding I'm going to, I guess, a week from yesterday in Austin. Wow. Are you going to be able to record? Yeah, I'm leaving real early Sunday morning because that's how you should do Austin. Sure. Leave first thing Sunday morning. Um, I will be, there will be a show on Sunday. I don't know. Maybe it'll come out a little bit later, but you can count on me, Ty. Well, at propercloth.com, you can easily create a custom shirt just like the one Dan has. It only takes seconds. He answered 10 questions. Ten questions. They figure it out. I don't know how they do it, but easy. Choose from twenty collar styles, ten cuff styles, five hundred fabric styles. That's two zeros. Classic or business. Completely customize your shirt any way you want it. The team over at Proper Cloth they work day and night to find the best fabric producers around the world. They only buy fabrics that meet their high quality expectations. Best of all, they guarantee a perfect fit. So if you get it, doesn't fit. They'll remake it for free. This is the future of shirts. Yes. I've been saying it for weeks now. I love that. Completely custom made just for you. They all start at 80 bucks a shirt. That's a good deal for a custom shirt. Come on. Stop wearing shirts that don't fit. Look your best in a custom fitted shirt. Go to propercloth.com slash solid today. Your gift code is solid. S-O-L-I-D. Save 20 bucks to zero on your first shirt. Do it today. Done. Let's close out some Big 12 coverage. Let's. By talking about Iowa State, Dan. Woo, Ty. I don't even think we're secretly decent anymore. Iowa State. full on pretty good. Is 5-2. They win 31-13. I don't know if you saw the tweet we got earlier in the week from the guy who said he was shaking his head at us because we had had the audacity <laughs> to pick Iowa State in this game outright. I mean, come on. I favored uh, that tweet yesterday about midway through the third quarter, Dan. Iowa State, you know, they score 31. That's not a surprise to me. Texas Tech finishing with 13 points, finishing with just 336 yards on offense. Mm-hmm. That, to me, really feels like the big surprise in this game. Yeah, Texas Tech's offense at times was showing cracks last week, and this week Nick Shimanek against the Iowa State defense looked... Way too, this is not an adjective, happy feety. Mm. It was, there was no rhythm to Texas Tech's offense. They moved the ball a little bit on the ground, but this was the confidence of Kyle Kemp. David Montgomery is workhorse, do all, everything. I don't even think the Duke of Hazard, Alan Lazard, did all that much. I know he had a touchdown early, but he was not a huge factor in this game. Iowa State's finding multiple and different ways to win this week, defense and just timely plays on offense i think they only turned it over once iowa state's full-on pretty good they're which not is bad. crazy and i don't think it's gonna last that long much longer for matt campbell and ames probably not but enjoy it while it's there yes the other point Please. that needs to be mentioned here is that cliff kingsbury for whatever reason really wanted to run the ball in this game 
Mm-hmm. They ran the ball 41 times for only 129 yards. That's not a good average if you're doing the math at home. He just really wanted to run the ball, and it didn't work the entire first half. Right. I'm thinking, why they can't just throw? You're better at throwing. You're always better at throwing. Right. Throw the ball. Yeah, they have Dylan Cantrell. They have Kiki Kuti, whatever, cutie, yeah. Just throw the ball. They didn't throw the ball. I didn't get it. Yeah, I don't know. It may be time for more open competition at quarterback. All right. And then finally, in Big 12 play, there's TCU 43, Kansas 0, which we won't go into any details about. Let's talk about West Virginia and Baylor, Dan. Mm-hmm. 38 to 36 was your final. couple different ways you can cut this one. I, the most obvious line would be that West Virginia survived against a winless team on the road. Right. The shock, the horror, blah, blah, blah. And I, I oh, get it. No. I get it, right? Statistically, a good game for Billy Greer, five touchdowns. A really good game for David Sills, the fifth, who had three more Former touchdowns. quarterback. Yeah. Uh, they both had good games. But I understand if people want to take the approach of, like, they survived against a winless team. That, to me, feels like the easy headline to write. Let me just say this. Baylor showed a ton of character here. A ton of character. They were 0-6 before this game. Mm-hmm. Totally could have packed it in. They could pack the whole year in at this point, and no one would turn up their nose. But at right. one point in the second half, when they were down 24-6, to they decided they wanted to come back and make it a game. And they were within mm-hmm. a two-point conversion to tie in this thing at 38. Yeah. They are playing hard despite the fact that they are 0-7. I don't know if it means they get anybody, at some point later in the year. Probably not. But they are playing hard. They're putting up points. They're finding ways to stay competitive despite the fact that they're really up against it down there in Waco. And I think, all things considered, again, Matt Rule has done a pretty good job in the early going. Yeah. Oh, it's... There are moments, and those moments will be strung together more and more, and they'll not just win, but they'll win more than zero games. But... Yeah, to me, the story was West Virginia not being able to sort of close out a game in more impressive fashion, regardless of opponent. If you're up, however, what were they up? 25 going into the going into late in the game. And yeah, up 25 at the end of the third quarter to have a little bit more in the way of defense. And I know West Virginia people are complaining about some refereeing help, but more killer instinct would be nice, especially when West Virginia themselves, I think it was like 22 unanswered last week in the fourth quarter. So just shoring some things up. But yes, Baylor is, I mean, <laughs> the best 0-7 team in the country. Okay, There's only so much I can I can compliment. Let's go over to the ACC and talk about Louisville. Louisville. 31, Florida State, 28. Dan Louisville kicked a 34-yard field goal, five seconds left in the game. Mm-hmm. Gave them their second straight win over Florida State. This one a lot less lopsided than last year. But still, Dan, does Florida State have a Louisville problem? <laughs> is this the year that Florida State's bowl streak is snapped? Um, Florida State's got a lot of problems, and very few of them have to do with Louisville specifically. I thought the, uh, the Cardinals did a good job on the ground against a Florida State defense that, for some reason, has been 
pretty disappointing. Lamar Jackson ran for almost 200 yards. They didn't throw it nearly as much, which turned out to be for the better. Louisville controlled the clock a little bit better and didn't have to rely on huge defensive moments to uh, to beat Florida State, who themselves struggle. James Blackman with just a an unforced fumble to lose this game or to give it back to Louisville. Um, Florida State's just plain not that good and started out as a top five team. It's it's, it's been it's been a year. It's been a year. It's been incredibly surprising. Yeah. But Florida State now 0-3 at home for the first time since 1974. You're right about the bowl eligibility. They're 2-4 and four overall. They still have Clemson. They still have Florida. They're on the road at Boston College next Friday night. Mm-hmm. Boston College has suddenly looked really good. We're going to talk about them in a second. But yeah, it's not setting up to be a banner year for Jimbo Fisher. And that was before he got a little testy with a fan who was yelling at him after the game. Yeah, He decided to invite the fan down on the field to tell him to his face. Home fan, not even a taunting Louisville fan. An angry home fan. So it's that kind of year. In Tallahassee, Florida State, for their part, they they did fight back, right? They were down 14 points in this game. They came yeah. back with two Nyquan Murray touchdowns mm-hmm. to make it 28-28. But, you know, it just wasn't meant to be. Again, defense not coming through for the Seminoles, and they lose 31-28. to Should be noted that... Florida State only has five games left, even though they've only played six because they had a cancellation early on in the season. The uh, I think it was the ULM game that was canceled. Yeah. So they have five games to win four of them. And that's Florida, Clemson, Syracuse, who's ton- suddenly pretty frisky, and Boston College. And I don't think we're going to get into this game in terrific detail, but BC dropped 40 points again, beat 5-1 and one Virginia, Anthony Brown was a total revelation. BC right now is anything but a check mark in a win column. So it's it's getting real landminey for Florida State. They beat Virginia by 31 points. Wasn't even close. Yeah. They might be half decent. Boston College, uh, we'll move on very quickly, but they started the year two and four. They lost to Wake, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Virginia Tech. Those are not fine. bad teams to lose to. Totally fine. By any stretch. But now, in consecutive weeks, they knocked off both Louisville and Virginia. Both games, they score over 40 points. And this one, you mentioned Anthony Brown as a revelation. Since when does Anthony Brown throw for 275 yards and three touchdowns? That's a new one. And like a crazy efficient. He was like 20 of 24, too. So, listen, it's a weird world, Ty. (laughs) It's a weird world. Is that the Adam Amin game next week, next Friday? Uh, is that a Friday game? Yeah, that is a Friday game. That very well maybe. Yeah. Moving on. Miami 27, Syracuse 19. A week ago, it was all about grungy Eric Dungy. Mm-hmm. Syracuse knocking off Clemson, blah, blah, blah. This week, a little bit more grunge than the Dunge, shall we say? Is he that kicked fair to a say? lot of people in the face. <laughs> a little bit more grunge this week. 13 yeah. of 41 passing. 137 yards and four interceptions, Dan. And still, mm-hmm. still, I'm hitting the desk here. Still, despite that, Syracuse was in this game, Dan. They were in striking in distance. Yeah. It was a one point game with five minutes left. 
Syracuse had a chance to tie it up. They were driving some questionable play calling on the final drive, but Mm -hmm. nonetheless, they had a chance. Miami is the LRO team of 2017. It's coming. It's coming. We don't know when, but they're going to lose. Yeah, that's probably right. Uh, And again, Eric Dungy kicked Miami players in the head trying to hurdle them. I think that's a good thing. Or at least a fun thing, but that that might be where the grungy come in, comes in. He still ran for 100 yards. Um, good for Miami for you know in a letdown spot after the close win against Georgia Tech, holding on to win this game. Syracuse covered as I believe you had. Um, and if you are a receiver and you are willing to drop wide open passes, <laughs> boy howdy does Miami have a scholarship for you. <laughs> Holy hell, the drops in this game were... I know the weather wasn't the best, but Malik Rozier started out playing well, which is new for him, and just the drops for Miami were absurd. This game should never have been an eight-point game. If anything, it was good for Syracuse for taking advantage, but Miami shot themselves in the foot way too often here. Elsewhere in the ACC, we had wins by Georgia Tech over Wake 38-14. Very good comeback win. They were down... Uh, 11 at the half, I think. Yeah. They were down at half. They outscored Wake 25 to three in the second half and just killed him with three long touchdown runs. Taquan Marshall. Great game. Great game. Virginia Tech wins 59 to seven over North Carolina. Tech now a quiet six and one. Mm -hmm. And they've got a big one in two weeks against Miami. Meanwhile, the nightmare continues for Larry Fedora. They're now one and seven in Chapel Hill. Did not see, not on this level. And the injuries have, you know, you can never really predict that. But woof, what a year. What? I And who does Virginia Tech have coming up? I think their schedule is pretty decent to finish out the year. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, they have a, a plummeting Duke. Miami, who is due for a loss. I don't know if it'll be Virginia Tech. They're on the road against Georgia Tech. That's a, that's a tough one, too. Miami, then Georgia Tech. But finish out with Pitt and Virginia. So... Virginia Tech in a in a nice position to finish out this year with another uh, another strong campaign for Justin Fuente. Over in the SEC, Alabama forty five, Tennessee seven. Stop! Stop! <laughs> He's already dead. Alabama was a thirty five point favorite. Somehow mm-hmm. they still cover against Rubens. one of their rivals. It's the third Saturday in October. Didn't really matter. 45-7, to seven, a 38-point win. Tennessee was outgained here, 604-108. to 108. And at this point, Dan, it's not even really funny for Butch Jones. I sort of just want to give him a hug. Yeah. He just needs a long vacation. It's a just... big hug, a tropical vacation, maybe some TV work. Yeah. Just get away from it for a little bit. New waste paper basket. Something different to change it up. So there wasn't really a ton to take away from this game. Alabama just slowly pushed on Tennessee's neck. But uh, there was a moment I particularly liked because Alabama, and I don't blame you for not watching the second halves of Alabama games, anybody listening to this, because it's just slow deaths. Um, they bring in two attack of Iloa pretty early on. I think he started the second half and he's come in in the second quarter just because... As we've seen from another big program, from a number of big programs, Michigan, perhaps the program I root for, Oregon, it's real good to have a good plan in place for your backup quarterback. <laughs> it's real good for him to sort of understand the offense. And Tua was good, but through a like a 95-yard pick six, they cut to Jalen Hurts on the sideline, who 
was probably fine-ish with being taken out. I'm sure he <laughs> wants to stay in the game. But they cut to Jalen Hurts after the 97-yard pick six, and he had a look on his face of just like, huh, did you look at that? Interesting. Huh. All right. All right. It was pretty good. I enjoyed it. It was a little thing. Oh, man. Tennessee. Not good. Tennessee has Kentucky next week, which could be another interesting one. Okay. LSU 40, Ole Miss 24. You may be stunned to hear this one, Dan, but LSU started very slowly on offense here. Yeah, that'll happen. It was not until the third quarter when LSU started to pull away. Big game on the ground for Darius Geis. He had 276 yards and a touchdown. Enormous. Danny Etling only threw the ball 13 times. Maybe that was for the best. They win 40-24. to 24. The bad news coming out of this game, though, was that Shea Patterson, it looked like he just sprained his knee. He was able to come back in for a bit. There were reports earlier this morning that he will, in fact, be done for the season, which would be a real bummer because he was having a nice year. Darius Geis. His third, I believe, 250 yard plus game in his career. For he's incredible. He's incredible. Those are, I mean, that's Melvin Gordon. That yeah. those are just otherworldly numbers. And he's finally healthy. We see his capability. Yes, Ole Miss's defense is largely trash, but really cool to see. Danny Etling was super efficient. I don't know if this moves him any closer to beating Alabama in two weeks, hmm. but probably not. Maybe more entertaining if Matt Canada can have a week of preparation or two weeks of preparation. We saw what he was able to do last year with a pit team, which was okay. Nothing like crazy special against Clemson. It just, there's at least a wrinkle of more interest now. Agreed. Okay. Auburn 52, Arkansas 20. Nice game for Cam Petway. Yes. But this Arkansas thing is going to be interesting to follow. Because they have lost seven of their last nine. Granted, they've been without Austin Allen for the last two games, but still mm-hmm. losing seven of nine, 27 and 31 overall under Brett Bielema. Their defense is now giving up 34.4 points per game. It is not a recipe for success. And I wonder to what degree Arkansas will remain patient with Brett Bielema. Well, apparently his buyout is like half of what people thought it was. It's something like six, and people were thinking it was over 10. Um, Yeah, I don't have many positive things to say about Arkansas. They were pretty good on the ground with David Williams. Cole Kelly is not the starting quarterback, and he struggled for the most part against a good Auburn defense. Um, Yeah, Arkansas is not great. (laughs) There's not much to say about Arkansas. They just, they're struggling and sort of directionless at this point. All right. Uh, Mississippi State 45, Kentucky 7, Dan. You doubted. (laughs) I did. You doubted the Bulldogs and Nick Fitzgerald. Don't ever do that again, Dan. I promise you I will do that again. (laughs) Nick Fitz with 270 total yards and Mm -hmm. three touchdowns here big one next week for the bulldogs on the road in college station a battle between two sec west teams that are like five and two only have two losses Mm -hmm. and i already mentioned that kentucky squares off against tennessee next week which could be an interesting game for uh kentucky fans certainly tennessee slash butch jones fans we'll see how that one shakes out the only other action then of note in the sec was missouri running one up on idaho by a 68 to 21 score this is true. Before we go any further, Dan, are you hiring 
right now? Just out of Always curiosity. Always, Ty. Always looking for quality talent. What position is open over at Dan Rubenstein Enterprises? Dan Rubenstein Enterprises. Um, personal chef is always on the table. I'm going to need a lot of references, a lot of meals, sample meals. Um, you know, we're always hiring at SB Nation. If you were ever in a position yeah. where you had a gazillion dollars and you could hire a team to just help you, you didn't have to work, but you were in a position where you had money, disposable income, you could hire a staff. Mm-hmm. What would be the first position you would fill? Mm, probably like maybe a personal trainer. See, I'm thinking trainer. Yeah. I'm thinking you go trainer. My window, my window for a six-pack tie is rapidly closing. <laughs> All I want to do, Ty, this is a this is a goal of mine. I want to get it doesn't have to be a rippling six pack tie. I eat too much in the way of horrible food for me to ever really think that's a sustainable reality. I want to get something that approaches that. I want to take a picture and then I'm done. <laughs> then I'm out. I just want to. It's like I want to see the Statue of Liberty and then I'm. I don't need to come. Back. I want to do something and then I'm done. All right. Well, if you're interested. Yeah. Nothing is easier, nothing is more streamlined than going through ZipRecruiter, Dan, because if you're looking for an opening, that can be a time-consuming process. If you're hiring, you know that mm-hmm. quality hires keep your business moving forward. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards in just one single click. Then ZipRecruiter will put its smart matching technology to work for you. They actively will notify qualified candidates about your job within just minutes of posting. So you're going to receive the best possible matches out there. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. That's why unlike other hiring sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on the right candidates finding you. No, it finds them. It's proactive like that. Love it. 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. Don't juggle emails. Don't juggle calls. It's easy. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all shapes and sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. Right now, if you're listening, you can push jobs to ZipRecruiter for free. For free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash solid. S-O-L-I-D. ZipRecruiter.com slash solid. Try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter.com slash solid. Where shall we go next? Um, you want to go to the Big Ten? Sure. That's their new uh that's their new tagline. So uh you wanna go to, wanna go to the Big Ten? Wisconsin 38, Maryland 13, our boy Jonathan Taylor, tailback. Mm-hmm. Officially went over the thousand yard mark for the season. He had 126 Struggled a little yards. bit early. Struggled a little bit early, but he had 126 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Also nice to see Troy Fumagalli getting back in action with seven catches and 83 yards. Yep. He had some injury issues. It's nice to see him back out there contributing in a meaningful way. The only other thing I'll add here, because we know Maryland's down to their third string quarterback by the name of Max Bortenschlager. Yes. Uh, it was nice to see that Maryland was able to get something going on the ground. Nah, that's that's it. A, a dominating effort here, I think, in, on many fronts for Wisconsin. I mean, he's probably one of your top five ties, right? Easily. Ty Johnson, easily top five. Yeah, it's it's going to be a tough, longer year for Maryland. Michigan State, 
17, Indiana 9, another punt palooza. Who would have thunk it in this game? <laughs> yeah, um, I watched some of this game on mute. Uh, let's go with Indiana. I, we really should have a dramatic tracking for this, Ty. But here was... Well, describe Indiana's. to me what you're thinking. So... Yeah. Maybe like in the way that you hear classical music during a fight sing, they're like, ha, 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 ha. You know, that, you know the, yeah, there's right. a lot of marching bands that play that song. Um, or maybe it's sort of a masterpiece theater, like counterbalancing something that's really gross with something that's classy and serene. So here is a collection of Indiana's drives. Are you ready? Mm. You're prepared. Da, 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 da. Okay, here we go. Da, 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 da. Punt, 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 field goal, punt, 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 end of half, punt, field goal, field goal, punt, turnover on downs. That's it. That was great. In a world (laughs) where Indiana can't get in the end zone, what will Tom Allen do? What will he do? Oh, my God. Um, Yeah. We there love were, you, Indiana. I apologize. There we were still, there were two highlights fans. in this game. Yeah. And neither one had anything to do with the game. Yeah. The highlight for me, and I tweeted this out. <laughs> you watched the game on mute. You should have listened. Yes. I, I missed out. Dave Fleming, who's a great play-by-play guy. I love Dave Fleming. Mm. At one point, he accidentally gave out the Wi-Fi password to the Michigan State football building. Mm-hmm. He was talking with Greg McElroy. And they were chatting up about how the theme of Michigan State's season is breaking through. Mm-hmm. And Dave Fleming went on to talk about all the ways that they're applying this breakthrough mentality. And he just at one point, and I know he, I, it had to be by accident. Mm-hmm. He got out a little bit over his skis. And he's like, it, it just means everything to them, even in their football building. And then a long pause. The Wi-Fi password is breakthrough. <laughs> he mm-hmm. just gave it out. That's and I, gotta I don't believe know how many people listening are going to be within range. There is an IT, uh, IT guy out there who is thoroughly pissed about this. Yep. Yep. That he just gave it out. And then the other thing of note is that LJ Scott was pulled over apparently for the seventh time for not That's having a times. valid license. Yeah. I think it's all straightened out now. What was the final of this game? Seventeen, 17 to, nine? to nine. Okay. We also had Northwestern over Iowa in overtime. Anything to add here? Um, about Northwestern Iowa. Punt, punt, punt. <laughs> no, there is there is nothing to add other than good win for Northwestern. They go to two and two in the Big Ten. They're going to quietly, you know, they'll go to some bowl in Florida again. Uh, Northwestern's now four and three. They finish out it's still in the Big Ten West. They have Michigan State, uh, I think, this coming week, and then Purdue, Minnesota, Illinois. So Northwestern's going to quietly do what Northwestern does. Rutgers fourteen, Purdue twelve. Hell yeah, Ty. You I know don't, what that means? You know what? This game had to have been rigged or something. Ty. Ty, 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 Ty. Can we celebrate a Rutgers Big Ten winning streak for once? Two games. Two games is a streak. I can't get happy about it because I was all aboard the Purdue bandwagon. I've been in the train now for a couple weeks, 
And 12 points on the road in Rutgers is not a, that's just, that was not good for my lock of the week. I think I jinxed the whole damn thing. To be fair to Purdue, they came into the season and everybody was like, well, they might be fun for a little bit, but they're going to be bad overall. It's going to take some time. And then they were way better than they thought they'd be. Now they're playing a couple different quarterbacks. And when the talent level is what it is at Purdue, when there just isn't a ton of depth, it's not going to probably trend upwards throughout the season. So I think they're going to get to a good place. And defensively, I think that's the quiet story that they've gotten much better there. But even still, probably can't lose to Rutgers. Okay. And Minnesota 24, Illinois 17. Let's go to the Pac-12. Let's talk about Arizona State. I mean, do we have to? Let's talk about Arizona State. Did we sign anything? Yeah, we can talk about Arizona State. Arizona State 30, Utah 10, Dan. Mm Mm-hmm. Can we officially say that? Arizona State is a rich man's Boston College at this point. I don't even know because Arizona State's wins in the Pac-12 are Oregon, Washington, and Utah. Like, that's just good. It's really good. A rich man's Boston College. Healthy Justin Herbert, Oregon, mind you. Yeah. They lost to San Diego State, Texas Tech, and Stanford to start the year. Everyone's Mm -hmm. writing them off. Then they had a bye week. They go out, they beat Washington. They beat Utah now in consecutive weeks. They're going to beat USC next week. I hate to break the news to you. I'm picking that one outright. Where are they playing that? Game is in Tempe. Okay. I'm just saying, this is a team that's playing very well right now. Mm -hmm. A dominating effort here because they're suddenly very good on defense. They've allowed two touchdowns in their last nine quarters of play as Mm -hmm. a defensive unit. They ran the ball really well against a Pretty good defense at Utah. Sure. I I don't know. I mean, I'm trying not to get too excited about this because I'm always prone to jumping aboard that bandwagon. But 30-10, to they look good dominating against the Utah team. Utah could be a little bit spent after losing close games to Stanford and USC in consecutive weeks. But Tyler Huntley came back, did not look good at all. No. I don't know. How excited do we get about Arizona State? So I'm a little concerned about the uh, the downfield passing isn't great for ASU, but that when you have the defense, when you can run, when it seems like they've taken a few weeks to get the coordinators on the same page, the new coordinators and Billy Napier coming over from, from Alabama and Phil Bennett from Baylor, that it was going to take a little bit of time if they were going to make a move, and it took a little bit of time. And it's not even... Arizona State's losses right now are they lost to Texas Tech in a shootout. They lost to a now reeling San Diego State who just got murdered by Fresno State. And they lost totally respectably to uh, to Stanford. Um, they're in an all right place. USC at home. Colorado, who just got trounced and shut out by Wazoo. A UCLA team that still doesn't have a defense. Oregon State, still nothing. And they have the Territorial Cup in Tempe. They could get to, if they win four of those five, Ty. So if they drop a shootout to UCLA or you know drop it to, uh, to USC or even a shootout to Arizona, whatever. Four out of five of those games gets them to eight and four? Yeah. That's, that's an incredible turnaround. There is an outside chance that the Territorial Cup is going to be for the Pac-12 South. That's madness, but not... Fully madness. That's you're right. All right. Let's go to UCLA and Oregon. 
31 to 14 UCLA wins. The best thing I can say about this game, because I didn't watch it. Mm-hmm. But the best news that I could I could surmise from afar is that it did not start at 10.45 p.m. Eastern time. Yeah, that, that's that's facts, Ty. Facts only. How do you feel about this game? <sighs> Royce Freeman, I think, is now the all-time leading rusher after running for 150, 160 yards for Oregon, surpassing LaMichael James. Um that was among the positive things that I could take away from this game. The play calling with Braxton Burmeister, Oregon's backup quarterback, was not good. It was predictable, and there was nothing short or intermediate. When he did throw, it seemed like he was throwing it 35, 40 yards downfield, not completing passes. Um, Oregon, and this is maybe this is true of just Harbaugh people. And just being so stubborn with backup quarterbacks because that's where we are at, we're at right now. Yes, Braxton Burmeister is a true freshman and he will improve. Blah blah blah. Oregon has not in any way it seemed it seems gotten creative or trying to put the offense in a better position to succeed. Whether it's trick plays, testing things around the perimeter, screens, whatever, something to get this offense in a rhythm because. I don't know if it's a Willie Taggart play-calling thing. Oregon has taken three steps back without Justin Herbert, who maybe he's back next week or the week after, and they look a lot better. But I think there's going to have to be some offensive soul-searching because this defense is really good, just in terms of where they were. There needs to be some offensive soul-searching in the next four to six months. All right, and And go for UCLA. UCLA looked all right. Josh Rosen completed some big passes. What else we got here? You mentioned Washington State blanking Colorado. Inspired mm-hmm. effort here from Colorado. Mm-hmm. And uh, then there is Arizona 45, Cal 44. Double overtime. Double over. This game really gets my goat here. I looked at the <laughs> score. This is a lock of the week for me, Arizona minus the points. It was like a three-point yeah. line. I looked mm-hmm. at the score in the third quarter, and Zona had a two-touchdown lead or something like that. Right. So I'm feeling pretty good. I got a pep in my step. I check my phone at like 2 a.m. when I wake up. Mm-hmm. And I see that Cal came storming back. They tied it at 28, took it to overtime, decide to go for two in the second overtime. They don't get it. Arizona wins, but doesn't cover. That's not even a backdoor cover. That's like a front door. Uh, front door disappointment. A front door disappointment. I don't know. Yeah, that's Halloween showing up at your front door. Um so Cal at home now has beaten Ole Miss comfortably, uh, has hung with USC, beaten Wazoo, and come within a point of beating a red-hot Arizona offense. Khalil Tate had a huge run, but was kept sort of in check outside of that run. And the story to me is Arizona competing, fighting, not letting this get away, which maybe lesser Arizona teams would have. And Khalil Tate was totally good through the air, efficient. He didn't throw it a ton. But he made it count when he did throw it. So really good for Arizona. I, I'm i less confident about Arizona because of their own defense. The defense that has improved, but still, I mean, three weeks ago, they gave up 42 in that shootout win to Colorado. And that's three weeks before Colorado scored zero. Right. So I'm, I'm a little bit more concerned about Arizona than I am Arizona State, but hell of a win. Sure. Did you happen to see the tweet we got from a listener by the name of Andrew? in which he screenshotted the Bleacher Report app listing Khalil Tate as a, quote, dark horse Heisman contender. I did not see that. We're picking up we, steam. We talked about it a little bit before the season. 
just in terms of crazy off the off the grid types. Um, who does? Let's see. If Khalil Tate is going to make any sort, and I don't think he's going to get invited to New York, but if he's going to worm his way into the conversation in a positive way, that's a compliment. He'll have USC in two weeks, and he'll have Oregon and Arizona State to finish out the year. And he has Wazoo. So against the two ranked teams on their schedule, Wazoo and USC, he's going to need to go crazy. He is going to need to just keep obliterating math. I'm telling you, we can make this happen. He's a West Coast Lamar Jackson, Dan. 166 yards passing, 137 more on the ground, over 300 combined, two touchdowns. He's not West Coast Lamar yet. Work with me here. I'm trying to sell this hard, as hard as I possibly can, okay? Yeah, yeah. 300 combined yards, two touchdowns, or taters, as I like to call them here on the Mm -hmm. program. He's the best Tate since Tate 4CA. Show him some love, will you, Heisman Committee? Heisman voters. Just make sure the USC game does not kick off at 10.45 p.m. Eastern. All right. No guarantees. And the only other action here, as I go off the grid and talk Mm -hmm. about group of five action, we talked about UCF and Navy. Our boy Taylor was there. He posted some cool Instagram story shots, which you can go on out and follow us on Instagram at Solid Verbal. See what uh, kind of madness he got himself into. Mm Mm-hmm. But uh, I believe we both called this one correctly here as UCF goes on the yeah. road and uh, and gets a W. This is true. Um, USF struggled a little bit to separate itself from Tulane. So they still set themselves up now that San Diego State's out of it to uh, to have a fun UCF-USF last week's maybe some bad blood after Willie Taggart really scored and rubbed it in late against UCF last year. Um, San Diego State got killed yesterday by Fresno State. Um, Army is now bowl eligible, Ty? No. Colorado State in the Adam Amin game, edge out New Mexico. Got a really good, it seems like the offense is getting its act together. Um, App State and I believe Arkansas State are both undefeated in the Sun Belt after sort of uneven starts. So at least there's that. And I don't think they'd play each other until the, the championship game. Troy won comfortably over Georgia State. Um, Northern Illinois, which we talked about. That defense, Ty. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. 5-2. and two, Haven't lost in the MAC yet. Comfortable win over a, a bad Bowling Green team. But that's a really good defense. Um, outside of that, I don't think I have have all that much. There was the the crazy Houston-Memphis game on Thursday night. Uh, UConn is slowly improving. And, God, BYU's so bad. <laughs> BYU's so bad. Um, they lose to East Carolina and go to 1-7. Have not won pretty much anything. Um, and in the Pat League, Ty, quickly. Yeah. We have Colgate. Destruction over Holy Cross. Yeah. The Nellies of Bucknell. I think it was a walk-off pick six in overtime against Lafayette. Somebody tweeted us. Yeah, and they didn't have any offensive points, but that's how they won. And we talk about unexpected moments in this sport tie. Fordham going into the hornet's nest that is multi-sport field and coming away with a win. You think you've seen it all, Ty. I know. And then this sport just flips it on you. One of these days I'm going to go to uh, Lehigh's campus, Lafayette's campus, and do my morning broadcast from there. As you should. Quickly. I have some dude alerts, Ty. Oh. All right. Who do we got? A lot of clutch performances in week eight. 
lot of lot of dudes starting names start with the letter D. Darius Geis, running back LSU. Darren Hall, running back Pitt. Darius Slayton had a huge game for Auburn. The receiver, Deshaun Hamilton, of course, out wide for Penn State. David Sills up to, I believe, 15 receiving touchdowns for West Virginia. Uh, then Anthony Brown, we mentioned for Boston College. Jamarcus Rhodes had a nice game for Arizona State. Josh Adams, you soloed him earlier, but I'm going to add him in here again just because his day was that good. And uh, Billy Greer, quarterback West Virginia. Is that French? Game. Yeah, it's like the cheese. Okay. Five touchdowns, nearly 400 yards. So real good dude day, Ty. Real good. All right. Well, thank you to everyone who called in, who wrote in, who watched along with us on this Saturday that... Uh, bore out a really interesting week eight. Mm-hmm. Um, we will be back again on Wednesday to preview a week nine that I think I speak for both of us when I say it got a little bit more interesting by virtue of what we saw in week eight. These weeks now, typically, they tend to build on each other. The schedule sure. tends to build on itself as we get a little bit deeper into conference schedules. And just based on what we saw from Notre Dame, what we saw from Penn State, what we saw from a couple other teams around the country. There are some pivotal matchups now in Week 9 that are going to be truly intriguing to watch. I'm excited about our Week 9 preview show on Wednesday. Preview of the preview. Penn State, Ohio State, Georgia, Florida, TCU, Iowa State, Tricky Georgia Tech, Clemson, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, Yardage, Ty, USC, ASU, which you just mentioned, NC State, Notre Dame. A lot of big games. This is going to be Arizona Wazoo. That offense against that defense. Yep. Rutgers beating Michigan. Ty, there's so many things to look forward to. Not many windows of opportunity in there, but we'll try to find one. This is true. On that note, for myself, Ty Hildenbrandt, for that guy over there, Dan Rubenstein, thanks again for palling along with us. Subscribe to the show. Tell your friends. We'll catch you on Wednesday. In the meantime, stay solid. Peace. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.